This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Rule the day the plant-based way with the new vegan mixed berry from Smoothie King. Powered by whole, non-GMO fruits, oat milk, and vegan protein, it's a dairy-free, plant-based smoothie you can feel great about. With 13 grams of protein and half your daily fiber, it's an easy way to get the essential nutrients your body craves. Skip the line and order online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. This is NoBS Job Search Advice Radio, episode 1857. I'm your host, Jeff Alvin, the Big Game Hunter, and welcome. This show is one where I'm interviewing an expert, and I'm going to have him back for another episode next week. His name is Sean Shepard, Sean A. Shepard of GrowthX and GrowthX Academy. Uh, a serial entrepreneur, he's had a couple of exits, smart guy, and we're covering what he refers to as the innovation economy. It's a show you need to listen to in order to be prepared for the next years uh, of your career. Because if you think things are going to stay the same, they never do. So that's our conversation for today. Hope you find it interesting. And, um, oh, by the way, I was about to say, let's get going. Let me just simply say, we recorded this by video over Zoom and I'm sorry you can't see how spectacular the gardens are in his home. Uh, they are gorgeous. And with that, let's get going. So my guest today is Sean Shepard, who's founder of GrowthX and GrowthX Academy. Before we go into the topic for today, Sean, introduce everyone uh, to you and, and give them a sense of who you are and what your background is, okay? Sure. Hi, Jeff. Uh, my name is Sean Shepard. As he said, Jeff said, I'm a founder at GrowthX and GrowthX Academy. I'm a serial entrepreneur turned venture capitalist, educator, ecosystem builder in Silicon Valley. I started five companies. I've had three successful exits. I have a real passion for uh, modernizing education. Um, and, uh, and I'm excited uh, uh, to be here to talk to Jeff about the skills needed to be successful in the innovation economy. Fascinating. So, folks, before we start, that's not a Zoom backdrop. <laughs> I just want to point that out. And as he moved, did you notice any white stuff around his hair or his body? No, that's real. That's not fake. <laughs> yeah. See? He's proven it to you. Sean, the, the, the place I'd like to start is, you know, I've been reading the material from the World Economic Forum. And Clearly, the world is changing, and I know most Americans don't know that. They think this is just about COVID, and there's a lot more going on that they're not conscious of. Let me just start by asking you, where, are we, where were we, or where are we currently, and where are we heading toward? Yeah, I, I, this isn't as much like, um, and, and like you, I've been through, been through the wars for a lot of years on these things, um, and I've seen... Uh, economic shifts and recessions and global events um, have various impacts over our lifetime. And 
I, I view this much more like uh, 9-11 than I view it like 2008, for example. Um, this is a self-imposed economic crisis that's, that's been very much driven by, um, by uh, fear, um, uh, fear of the unknown and, and, and the uncertainty. Um, uh, I, I also believe because of that, there's also the ability to have a self-imposed recovery. Um, and I'm very bullish about that recovery. But speaking of the World Economic Forum, um, uh, and I think you and I may have talked about this off air before, but they're calling this period the Great Reset. Uh, we've been through the Great Recession, we've been through the Great Society, and now I think we're going through what is called the Great Reset, which is this opportunity for everybody to, to rethink everything and reprioritize everything in their life, hopefully for the better. Um, not just as person, not just as individuals, but as professionals, as teams, as organizations, to align our personal development, our professional development, um, our our business development, our our, um, our economic and and sustainability and environmental development, uh, as well as societal development, in such a way that hopefully everything becomes much more fully aligned, and there's a multiple bottom line to everything that we're going to be doing. Um, and I think that that's going to start happening immediately as people come out of the survival mode and out of triage and into what's next for them and their teams and their, and their community and their world. Um, and I think, I think what's going to drive it all is the digital transformation. And that's been something that people have been talking about for a decade, but very few have prioritized it. But it's now because of the force of how we've had to interact and stay home and stay away from each other and be, be digital in our communication methods, we all are now um, prioritizing ourselves towards it. And the infrastructure is there to create that opportunity for all of us. It's been there for some time. Um, that's why so many people have been able to quickly react and adapt uh, to, this, to this new, you know, new normal, if you will. Um, and so I'm looking for... Um, a future where we start to develop things, uh, we become more mindfully aware of, of, uh, of, of who we are, who we care about, what, what we care about, so that, so that we, we're spending this borrowed time we have on this earth uh, in the most um, productive and meaningful way that, that we can. And thus... When we think about where we've been, I think of the, you know, I go back to Marshall McLuhan and the medium is the message. And there was a time where high tech was printing. Yeah. <laughs> Matter of fact, there was a, a time where high tech was the ability to write. There was, yeah. a, there was a writing class in, in the Bible called, um, the, I think it was the Levi's in the Bible that yeah. could actually write. And that was high tech. And then we progressed to printing and industrial society and you know, fast forwarding now to internet culture and mobile culture. And you're talking about uh, transformations from that into different forms of operating in a society where um, we can, we're able to express ourselves and gather information more quickly an information age, as you will. But you're talking about a different one. You're talking about an innovation age where I want to make sure I understand what you mean by that. What's next? And you're talking about transformation, but what are we transforming to? Yeah. I mean, we're talking about the fourth industrial revolution. Um, 
And the predictions around the fourth industrial revolution, depending on how you choose to react to those, are that 40% of the current jobs that existed in the market will no longer exist. They will be replaced with automation. And I want you to hear that one, folks. 40% of jobs are going to be replaced by automation. What kind of jobs are going to be gone, would you say? Uh, the jobs that don't require critical thought, emotional intelligence, collaboration, or creativity, or original thought. So it's the repetitive tasks. Anything that can be automated in the fourth industrial revolution will be. And that's not just simply about outsourcing to a less expensive area. Those jobs are going to be gone as well. Absolutely. Now, it, it, I, that is absolutely true. Now, what I will say about that is, is that I don't view that as a dire circumstance. Um, I'm, I'm a big believer in Paul Zane Pilsner's unlimited wealth theory of technology creates abundance. And every new generation and, set, and technological innovation creates a whole new set of opportunities uh, to solve a whole new set of challenges and problems that are created by that new um, industrial revolution. And, and I'll look at the original industrial revolution. In, in America in 1900, 38% of the jobs or 40% of the jobs were ag agrarian. They were agriculture. They were farming. Today, it's only 3%. But we don't traditionally have 37% unemployment. There are new jobs and new roles for humans in society. They just have to be willing to open themselves up to adapt to what's, what's in front of them. And that means they have to develop a set of skills that they haven't necessarily had to develop in the past. Agreed. And when I think of you know, workers in certain industries, you know, unless you can anticipate where things are going, there's a lot of pain and suffering that goes on. Uh, you know, the classic examples of jobs moving from what's called the rust belt, yeah. which by definition indicates that there was a problem there, to yeah. the sun belt, where everything is light and wonderful and taxes are much lower, of course, uh, and the workforce is willing to work for less. And the change... The quality of life is higher. Yeah. I'm sorry, I missed that last thing you said. I was saying, and the quality of life is higher. Yes. Yes. But the question is always this, right? It's, it's not how one acts, it's how they react that defines them. And so when jobs started to leave the Rust Belt, what did people do? They either had to figure out something else to do or they had to go with the jobs. Right. Right? Um, and, that's, and that's no different today. It's up to you how you choose to react to this new reality. It's not up to anyone else. You can sit there and you can whine and you can bitch and you can moan and you can blame others or the system or whatever, or you can get up, look yourself in the mirror and pull yourself up and say, what do I have to do differently to be able to be valuable in this new age? You brought up the Bible, which actually triggered something. Um, it triggered for me the parables of talent, which is where the origin of the word talent comes from. Talent was a unit of measure. And it literally was a physical unit of measure for frankincense, myrrh, gold. It didn't matter what it was. A talent was a unit of measure. And so every human is a talent. And there is a unit of measure in all of us that we can tap into. And so the key is, is how do you do that? How do you now reskill and upskill yourself to adapt to the, new to the new normal and the innovation economy? And thus, I go to 
what's what's the technology that's going to generate the innovation economy? So I tend to think of 5G and AI as being the cornerstones of this, but I'm speaking as an ignoramus here. <laughs> I'm talking to you as the expert in terms of what's what's going to drive this. And then I could see looking at what are the talents that are going to be needed in this new economy? What skills yeah, are going to be necessary? About, you think about, yes. So, so, um, uh, 5G certainly is going to be is going to change how we communicate and how information moves from A to B. Uh, the internet was designed as a place for people to communicate, but it's actually been used as a place for commerce. And so the internet's going to get completely reinvented uh, all around the idea of the transaction in commerce. It's already happening uh, underneath the surface with, uh, with with technologies like blockchain and the decentralization of power and control, which I actually think is a wonderful thing for all the world and society. I mean, the internet wouldn't be publicly available if the, if the governments of the world knew just how strong and powerful it was at the time. Um, and they don't know how strong and powerful blockchain is yet. So they're not, they're going to be late to that party too. And we are going to get the Napsterization of the internet, if you will, through the blockchain. Napster. Could you, could you refresh those younger than us as to what Napster was? (laughs) Napster, Napster attacked the entire music industry by allowing people to share files very easily in an unlicensed manner. And it took, it, it shook the, the powers that be in the music industry, in the entertainment industry, because it now allowed people to, to uh, download content and share it peer to peer without having to go through the studios and the music producers and, and, uh, and the, the labels. Yeah. The labels, correct. And Sean Parker is the guy that launched that out of Stanford, who's been a, a fantastic innovator and done a tremendous amount for us as a whole. He's one of the creators of the current Opportunity Zone movement um, that exists to help re- help communities like the Rust Belt um, uh, come back and reinvent themselves and innovate themselves into relevance again and into value. Um, so, so the idea of decentralization is going to be a big component of that. But artificial intelligence, robotics, anything that, that, that automates um, thought and action is going to replace um, the human roles uh, for a whole host of reasons. Machine learning, uh, artificial intelligence, robotics, uh, 5G, those are certainly some the blockchain and the decentralization of it all. Uh, and then new modern materials that are going to change um, uh, and, and methods of, 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 of uh, consumption and energy um, are going to change um, everything for all of us. And, it, and like I said, in a good way, those will create new opportunities for other things. So what are those things, right? And that's really what we're here to talk about. There, there are five key skills. Number one. <laughs> hey, there are five. The first, the first and most important is, is mindset. So you need to move from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. Now, what does that mean? Dr. Carol Dweck out of Stanford University has done years of work on early childhood development and sociology and trying to understand where and when society beats us up to the point to where we're no longer allowed to make mistakes and we become afraid of failure. Because when we're children, we don't care about that stuff. You'll, you'll fall an average of, of, of 1,100 times a week uh, when you're trying to walk. You don't quit. And just say, screw it, I'm going to crawl. Okay? No, you continue until you learn to how to walk. 
But we don't do that when we grow up because society tends to put these parameters around us and put us into a, what's called a fixed mindset where um, it's, it's about uh, m- being afraid to make mistakes. Um, it's, uh, we don't emphasize learning. We emphasize uh, consumption and knowledge acquisition and, and education, which is what other people do to you as opposed to learning, which is what you do to yourself. Um, we don't look at, we don't embrace feedback. We, 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 are we're, we're afraid of rejection. We, we, we take everything personally, um, that happens in the world. We don't know how to manage the things and separate what we control from what we cannot. I mean, all of those things go into it and it starts at a young age. When you hear no, by the time you're 17, you hear no, something like a quarter, a quarter million times and you hear yes about uh, 2,500 or 25,000 times. So it's like 10 no's for every yes. And that conditions us into this horrible fixed mindset. And Dweck's work is to say and return us back to, it's time to open yourself up for a love of learning, become a lifelong learner. Instead of being a know-it-all, be a learn-it-all. Um, express this openness to recognize that what you don't know is more, more important than what you do, that it's only failure if you don't learn from it, and that feedback should replace the word rejection in our vocabulary and we should view feedback as a gift. And we should not be afraid to raise our hand and say, I don't know something, but I'm more than happy to learn it. And it doesn't matter how old you are or when. A growth mindset is your fastest path to accelerated learning. And accelerated learning is what's going to get you uh, into a position of relevance and value in this economy. So that's the first one. And I'm going to pause for a second and say, there's so many places where the willingness to learn, the fear of making a mistake, like you're graded in public school or or private school based upon your ability to regurgitate a bunch of stuff or else that note is sent home or you get the bad grade. And the result of the bad grade is you don't get into the good school, get the good job, go on. And that message gets drilled in. Yes. And society slots you before you even have any idea what's hit you. And then you accept that, uh, which is the biggest tragedy of all. Um, we're, we're kids. We don't know any better. The parents are- Institutional education. I mean, the only thing that, two, that, that a classroom of, 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 of 37th graders have in common, Jeff, is their age and their location. How absurd is that? that we bundle all these people together that all have a different learning style, a different brain function, a different way of operating, a different environment, different experiences, uh, a different pace at which they understand and accept and, 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 and you know, uh, process concepts. I mean, it's just, it's archaic. Our entire educational system was built and designed to take kids off of farms and put them into factories. That's why there's school bells to mimic factory whistles. That's why there's, programmatic block-based learning uh, based on time and subject so that you understand an assembly line and you can work on it. And none of that has changed in 150 years. Amazing, isn't it? So that's number one is the growth mindset. Yes. What's number two? Number two is... And you can take a sip of the coffee. It's okay. It's morning for you. It's afternoon for me. Number two is business acumen. So understanding how... Uh, and why uh, and what drives behaviors in organizations that you're either going to serve, uh, work for, or create on your own, okay? Um, and that is 
How does a business work? Why does it do what it does? How is it measured? What is its business model? Who are their customers and who are their customers' customers, right? And then how are you as an individual going to contribute to that? Stop having this interview-based discussion about your skills and your responsibilities and what you've done and start having a conversation about what are you trying to accomplish? What are the problems you have? What are the jobs that need to be done? How can I contribute to that? And in a meaningful way and in a measurable way, talent, again, a unit of measure. So understanding how businesses work changes the whole nature of how you look at the world and the conversations that you begin to have as you're starting to explore opportunities for yourself. Now, I understand that most skills can be learned. Uh, and at the same time, you spoke about an individual and their contribution to a business and that interviews should be formulated around how that person can serve. But I tend to think of being skills as what institutions still use to evaluate people. And how do they shift in terms of their assessment criteria as to how people can serve them? What becomes they're starting, they're starting to understand it, but it's such, it's like anything. It's like the Titanic. Turning it is going to take a long time. Um, but you as an individual can change the conversation instantly on a one-to-one -one basis with the, with, with the interviewer, the screener, the recruiter, or the potential employer by asking the right questions that are centered around the business, the business model, the objectives, um, what drives them, how that gets measured, and how someone like you might be able to contribute to that. And you need to prepare yourself for that. That doesn't mean just doing standard market research or trying to understand a business, but it means really getting insights into what drives that behavior. Very interesting. Um, and what comes to mind uh, for an individual is really getting a sense of their own self-awareness first so that once they learn the other, they can position themselves. They can present that themselves as a solution to those needs. Uh, I don't want to call it solution selling because that has a different connotation to it because it's really not about that, but it's really about an alliance between parties that allows them to um, come to a mutual agreement that may not last forever, just like marriage doesn't always last forever. That's I mean, right. You, you've got to be, yeah, you've got to be, you've got to be able to see the forest through the trees, right? Um, and so, uh, and so you need to have a very strategic approach towards that discussion. It's not about trying to find a job. It's about trying to find a fit. And that's not always easy to do when you're stuck inside your own head. Um, and that's part of what a growth mindset does is create that mindfulness and awareness of who am I? What am I doing? What's the impact I have on others? How do I want to contribute? So, so the third one is market acumen. And market acumen means how quickly can you become a subject matter expert in a given domain, industry, sector, product, vertical. In today's environment, in the innovation economy, in the fourth industrial revolution, everybody wants to talk to an expert. They look up to experts, they place them in a certain place. How can you become a thought leader and an actor uh, and a chess player instead of a chess piece? in that given market or industry or sector. So you've got to be able to quickly learn how to understand the language of an industry, 
um, how they operate. You know, we talked about business acumen, understanding their business model, understanding the ecosystem, understanding all the competition, um, and becoming an expert in a given domain and how they speak, how they behave, where they go, what they do. The quickest and best way to do that is start following the thought leaders in a community. Whatever the topic or the keyword is or the industry or the sector or the specific skill and start absorbing everything that they contribute and then start contributing back to them. Give, 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 give. And through the course of that, you'll start to understand hopefully quickly what that market thinks of itself, how it acts, how it behaves, and then therefore you will become perceived in a certain way if you have the confidence to go forth and do that. I know when I did coach training many years ago, it took me a while to figure out there was a difference between being a very good coach and the business of coaching. And as such, it sounds like what you're talking about isn't just simply expertise building, which is a big part of this, but it's understanding the business that you're going to be the SME for, the subject matter expert for, what it takes to be there, building relationships with experts so that they learn to know, like, trust, and respect you as well, which takes time, of course. This is not a, I sent one email to someone, and suddenly the doors open up. This is part of a lifetime, right? I couldn't agree more. And I love, uh, you know, the Venn diagram that you talk about, I use it too. You need to be known, liked, and trusted. And trust is the operating system for every successful relationship. And you just don't get, you can't behave transactionally. The best, the most successful person I know in the commercial real estate industry told me that his secret was is that he just followed up more than everybody else did. Um, And that was just a pure grit work and effort thing. Um, so yes, you, you, with that mindset that you're now willing to learn, you're, you're becoming, uh, you're developing a business acumen that helps you understand why people do what they do, how they do it, how to measure it and what creates those behaviors. And then what industry sector or subject area do you want to become an expert in within that gives you the, the foundation. Now the fourth skill, super important, right? What, uh, how are you going to articulate what you've learned? and what you want to contribute back to the world. You have to do that through communication skills. And that's never gone away. My father, who was a captain of industry in Silicon Valley, used to always tell me, Sean, if you can communicate well, people will think you're smarter than you actually are. <laughs> and you've been an excellent student of his, of his advice. Exactly. Yes. I'm not sure if that was a personal backhanded compliment or insult or if he was just generalizing. But, but the point is, is that communication takes a million forms. We're talking about not just verbal communication and the ability to speak clearly, uh, but we're talking about tonality. We're talking about nonverbal communication. We're talking about asynchronous asynchronous communication. Can you write well? Do you prevent yourself and do you, do you engage in difficult conversations synchronously or asynchronously? One of the, one of the most dangerous things anybody can do is try to have a difficult conversation asynchronously. You don't have difficult conversations through email or text or writing a letter. That's for lawyers. If you need to have a difficult conversation, you pick up the damn phone, you get on the Zoom, or you have it in person because everybody reads between the lines when you write, right? How do you present yourself? Do you have good eye contact? Are you, have strong, uh, are you in a strong posture position? 
with your shoulders back and your chin high. The data shows the higher your chin is, the more confident people perceive you to be. My chin just gets lower because I'm getting old and my neck is starting to, to fail me. But, <laughs> but those are the little things. Dr. Julian Treasure, who is a sound engineer, did this incredible TED Talk on how to speak so other people will listen. And I suggest everybody watch it. It's five minutes long. And he talks about the keys to effective communication, being things like honesty and integrity and authenticity and, and loyalty and not, not lying, not speaking hyper, hyperbolically, always telling the truth, using a, a certain kind of voice tone, leveraging pauses. I'm a big believer in the pause. I understand. <laughs> when I, when yeah. I coach people about interviewing, I want to suggest gravitas. I suggest yeah. a little bit longer a pause at critical moments in the conversation because it allows the other person to catch up. It also allows them to, uh, to hold the energy of the moment, to capture it, and to allow you to really express your power and self-confidence. That's absolutely right. And with communication generally, it's not just talking at someone or sending information out. It's also receiving it. How often and, and, and how you receive it is critical. The most successful professionals talk one quarter of the time and listen three quarters. I know we grew up with two ears, one mouth, talk, listen twice as much as you talk. It's actually three to, it's actually more like three and a half or four to one. Um, so that's really important as well. And then now, how do you take all of that skill set and, and that delivery that you're developing? And by the way, you can develop these skills in a heartbeat. As long as you have good people around you to catch you, if you're filming yourself, if you're willing to have the courage and the growth mindset to look yourself in the mirror, practice that way, surround yourself with people you know, like, and trust that will be honest with you and give you the two things you need most to develop yourself, time and truth. You can get, you can improve your presentation skills, your PowerPoint skills, your writing skills, your visual skills. If you're not good at some of these things and you need help right away, outsource it. There are amazing little applications out there like Fiverr, who for $5, you can get somebody to take your thoughts and put them into a beautiful presentation for you, right? There's a lot of different ways that you can do this today. So communication is critical. Now, the last part of communication that's most important is, is now how do you take everything you've learned as a person around business models in the market and then articulate your value back to the world? Where are you going to contribute and how? And how can you demonstrate that you are the right person to contribute in that way? I promise you, GrowthX Academy, everybody who comes out of an interview, I get, and I love this, I constantly get emails and unsolicited calls from people who say, I don't know what you're teaching over there, but I've never had somebody come in and, and conduct an interview with me like this before. I love what they're doing. They have some business acumen. They've done their research. They're consultative. They're inquisitive. They're asking the right questions. They're getting me to think about things I haven't thought about before. Instead of just telling me about their experience and how many years of this and why they're the right person for the job. Because they don't come in assuming they're the right person for the job. They come in with a value hypothesis that says, based on what I think I know, I think I might be able to help you in this way. Let's talk about that. Instead of all the standard stuff that we all do in traditional interviewing environments. And that comes from mindset, 
business acumen, market acumen, and then being able to articulate that value in a very, uh, in a very succinct and intelligent way that says, here are the reasons why I think I'm the right person, right? Um, and so those are the top four. Now, the fifth one, also super important, EI in the age of AI, emotional intelligence. Where is your empathy? Can you live a day and walk in somebody else's shoes? One of the one of the most one of the most tragic things about modern social media and and just society today is that we have zero empathy for each other. We don't even consider what it's like to walk in someone else's shoes, to understand them before trying to be understood, and it creates all this tribalism and divisiveness in the world. Whereas when you can have really deep discussions and try to understand before being understood to walk a mile in someone else's shoes, to place yourself in their position and to feel what they're feeling and to try and go through what they're going through and to truly actively listen and process before speaking it back out. Um, if we had that, uh, the world would be a very different place, number one. And number two, since most of us are not going to be willing to do the work that I've just laid out for everybody, you're going to separate yourself in no time. It will be very obvious to those that uh, you're, you're talking to and working with and trying to learn from and trying to work for that you are different because nine out of 10 people won't do what's necessary to be successful in the innovation economy. So true, Sean. You know, we live in a time and have lived in this time for quite, for quite a while now where we talk at people rather than have conversations. And that's been the curse of social media. What was supposed to bring us together has turned into enormous megaphones of yelling, with the result being we're talking past one another. As I think of the new age, as I see evolving, what you're discussing fits beautifully with that. You know, I tend to think in terms of the impact of technology and the environments. And you've humanized all of this into what people can do in order to leverage their backgrounds, connect with the technology, create marketability for themselves in a dynamic world that isn't going to look, it's going to look different than today. I don't know, know if it's going to be much different, a lot different, or what have you. It'll figure out over time. And I'm probably not going to live long enough to see the total impact of it because, folks, you see that face. It's not 25, is it? Yeah. Well, look, I agree with you. And, and I think one of the hardest things for us to do is get away from this collective group-based mindset and back into an individual mindset, because all you can really control is yourself. And so everything I'm talking about is about the individual trying to make a change for themselves. You know, it's the old, uh, it's that adage uh, Jordan Peterson talks about, clean your own room before you start talking to people about their own, about how dirty their room is, right? So um, control what you can control. And so then the next question I'm always asked is, all right, what's, how do I start doing this? Like, what's the approach? So yeah, how do you start doing this? What do you- <laughs> <laughs> there, there are four things, and it's the, the, the four pillars of the Growth X Academy and our pedagogy. In other words, our teaching philosophy and our act. Because what we're trying to do is get knowledge, skills, and behavior. What do you need to know? What do you need to be able to do? But most importantly, in the innovation economy, how do you behave around what you know and what, and what you're doing? The impact that you have on others with everything that you do and don't do and how you behave and how you go through the world is a huge determinant on your value and your success. And so the first thing is 
right back to mindset. You have to have that open, learn it all mindset. The second is the concept of mastery, which has been around for very, very, very long time. Robert Greene wrote a wonderful book on mastery. It goes back to Eastern religious philosophies. The building blocks of mastery are as follows. Knowledge, competency, proficiency, and, and mastery. And it's a pyramid. And we all start at the bottom. What do we need to know? Let's figure out how to learn it. We use the Feynman technique, which says, I'm going to take information in, and then I'm going to try and teach it back out, and then I'm going to look for the gaps, and then I'm going to fix, I'm going to worry about filling in those gaps. That's the key to accelerated learning. Then from knowledge, you go to competency. Can I actually apply this knowledge in a way that shows me to be competent in some way, shape, or form? And then based on that, can I be proficient at it? Can I become a professional? Someone who's viewed as a subject matter expert. And then ultimately, it's mastery. When and how can I master my craft to become a true leader in that market or that domain or in that, that field? And, it, and I it look back to Malcolm Gladwell's tipping point, 10 years and 10,000 hours. You have to do things over and over and over again because it's the insights created with what you're doing that make the big difference. Um, and so those are the building blocks to mastery, and that's how you build it up. You take that open mindset. You start to acquire knowledge. You leverage the Feynman technique to start filling in the gaps because the fastest way to learn is to teach it. Get into career and community are the last two. Career means now how do you apply this to your own career roadmap and how you want to develop yourself to earn a living, right? Um, and then from there, you craft a story around Here's what I'm good at, and here's what I want to do, and with the kind of people I want to do it, and here's how I can contribute and articulate the value proposition that we talked about a little bit earlier in the communication skill set. Um, and then be able to share that with your final pillar, your community. You need to build a community around yourself of people who want what's best for you, that can help you. But you have to have that clear ask through the, through the, a clear ask through the career aspect of this which is a clear crafted story that says that this is how I want to get back to the world and then take that to your community. And that community is people who are mentors. Mentors are people I clearly define as people who already have what you want and can help you get there. All right. They are, they are teachers. They are family. They are peers. They are friends. They are mentees. Do not forget. I don't care where you are in your life. There are people that want what you have and would be willing to, to, to do whatever it takes to learn from you how to get what you have, even if you don't think it's important. You need to be a mentor as well. And you need to have that around you. And I'm talking personal and professional. So you build that community. At GrowthX Academy, we have a global community of mentors that provide project work, internships, employment, they contribute content while they build their own brand. They refer students in and it builds on itself. And as you go through these times in your life, kind of like a sine wave that goes up into the right from knowledge to competency, back down to proficiency and up to mastery. And then you want to develop other skills. There are ways in which you can give back and contribute to the community as a whole. So mindset, mastery, career, and community are the ways you execute on those five skills of, growth mindset, business acumen, market acumen, communications, and ultimately emotional intelligence. And then finally, we all tend to find what we focus on in this world. 
Like when you decide one day that you want a 65 Mustang, suddenly you're on the road, you see 65 Mustangs like every, every other day. Why is that? Is that the universe conspiring in your favor perhaps? Yeah. And it happens and it manifests itself through the appearance of things that you focus on. We find what we focus on. So if we want to focus on the group and the strife and the fear and, and, all, and the change that exists in the world, then that's what we're going to get. But if we want to focus on getting better and adapting and becoming a produ- and continuing to be a productive member of society, you'll get that too. A wise man I know at the beginning of the crisis said there tend to be three stages. The first one is terror. There's incredible fear that shows up that paralyzes people. We, we were watching Netflix during that time. We were frozen in place. Then there's the little bit of inching out as part of stage two, where we start to come out of the cocoon a little bit and go exploring. And the third one is really about giving back, reaching out and seeing who you can help. And what I'm hearing is we, we tend to focus in on stage one, our fear of taking action. We need to start inching our way out. And we're not talking about COVID here, folks. You know better than I what you individually need. But we need to start inching out and making these change proactively or else we're going to have to make them. And then it's going to be reactive and it's going to be a lot harder. Sean, this is fabulous. How can people find out more about you and the work that you're doing, Growth X Academy, the whole kit and caboodle? <laughs> sure. Well, they can follow me on Twitter at Sean A. Shepard, S-E-A-N, the letter A, S-H-E-P-P-A-R-D. They can certainly Google all my content. Most of the things that I provide to the world are, are freely available on the internet. Um, they can connect with me on LinkedIn or follow me there. They can go to gxacademy.com to learn about the different programs that we provide to adult learners who want to work in high tech, high growth startups, and the innovation economy. You can go to growthx.com to learn about how we invest in companies, how we help startups and help corporations innovate and governments um, and, uh, and, and reach out. I'm happy to continue the conversation and be helpful to people any way, any way I can. Because I'm in the give back stage. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. And folks, we'll be back soon with more. This is Jeff Altman, The Big Game Hunter. I hope you enjoyed this. I know I did. Uh, if you're interested in me, find out more at thebiggamehunter.us. Go there and go exploring. There's a ton there in the blog. And you, know, you can visit jobsearchtv.com. You can listen to me at No BS Job Search Advice Radio or watch me on OTT television. It's the Job Search TV app. Hope you have a terrific day and be great. Take care. Keep all your entertainment options centered with Xfinity X1. Access live TV, Netflix, and now Hulu and Peacock. Ah, streaming zen. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today. Restrictions apply. Netflix, Hulu, and Peacock memberships required. Rule the day the plant-based way with the new vegan mixed berry from Smoothie King. Powered by whole, non-GMO fruits, oat milk, and vegan protein, it's a dairy-free, plant-based smoothie you can feel great about. With 13 grams of protein and half your daily fiber, it's an easy way to get the essential nutrients your body craves. Skip the line and order online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day.